Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Say it with me. God is able. God is able. God is able. Um, when I read books... When I study businessmen and women, and, and when I read after pastors that are doing what I'd like to do or trying to go where I want to go, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm looking at their accomplishments materialistically. I'm actually looking, when I look for a leader, before I look for anything else, I look for the relationships that they have. I look at their marriages. I look at their children. Um, I look at things that God has allowed them to accomplish. And every person that I have read about, and I've read a lot of books about people that have succeeded, from Andrew Carnegie to Napoleon Hill to Norman Vincent Peale, Bill Gates, whoever, the one thing I've recognized is, is that all of them have this one thread of truth that they all believe in. Whether they believe in Jesus Christ or not, they all depend on what they call a higher power. Now, most of them that I do follow is, has made Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, their Lord and Savior. But they all understand without a relationship with God, that you can't accomplish what you need to accomplish in life. You can't. The spirit man inside of you desires to do things and has the ability to do more than you can ask or think. The spirit man inside of you needs to remain healthy and strong. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter, guys, how much we can bench press, how much we can, you know, how fast we are. It doesn't matter how tough we are. If your spirit man is weak, then to me, in the eyes of God, um, we need to grow. The spirit man is everything. Case in point, David was known as a man of valor, uh, a man who was valiant in his efforts to, 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 to represent Israel because as a young boy, he, he stood up to a giant who was way bigger than he was nine feet tall and he stood there toe to toe with him and said you know you come to me with sword and shield and a spear but but I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ actually in the name of the Lord God of Israel yeah, he said I come to you in the name of the Lord now that declaration that profession confession uh, what he believed who he was 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 everything he had in his spirit man. It never said that David was um, athletic or never said anything about David being uh, big in stature. We know he wasn't because he was overlooked by his brothers. But his spirit man was 10 feet tall. He was strong. And a man or woman with a strong spirit can only testify that they know God, that they understand God. Before anything in this world was ever created and manifested, and you can see with your eyes, 
it was always preceded by the invisible. Before God created the heavens and the earth, everything was preceded spiritually. Remember last week, God said, let there be light, and there was. How many of you remember the lesson from last week? We talked about God saying, let there be light. Then there was light, spiritual light before there was the sun and the moon. And spiritual inhabitants is a priority for the church. Spiritual inhabitants. So the first thing we need to know is real and realize is that God is able. God is able. Through the scriptures, through life, through the Holy Spirit, there should be no question in our mind whether or not God can. We all know God can, right? The question you and I have is, will God? Is God will? Will he or will he not? And we wrestle with that all the time. And then we settle for good enough, or we settle for that's okay, by saying, well, that was God's will. It's the way it's going to work. And we have a high level of tolerance. And we have tolerated more than we have celebrated. We have tolerated in our life more than we have celebrated the outcome of great victories or, or, or the outcome of something that, that you know was beyond your own capability. Because quite honestly, I believe that if you can conceive it, you can achieve it. But when it comes to God, you have to know in your mind that only God can do this. And some of those challenges where we think to ourselves, it'd be a miracle. We don't even accept the challenge. We just overlook it and say, you know, if that's God's will, it'll happen. Hold on a second. Number one, that is not God's will for us to simply always say, if it be God's will. You have to know what the will of God is, and God wants his best for you. And start believing God for big things. Start believing God for the impossible. Start believing God that nothing is too hard for him. And breaking the mold, breaking the mold of, of complacency and being normal. When's the last time you were just struck in the face with the blessing of God that it knocked you down? When's the last time that you were surprised by the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of God, and He overwhelmed you to tears and joy? When's the last time that's happened where you knew, you know what? That was God. God did that. I've been praying for that for a long time. I've been asking God to do this for a long time. And finally, it came. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but it happened. Those kind of answered prayers, those kinds, that kind of dream or, or, or desire that only God put in your heart. And let me help testify and tell you that some of the things that you dream about, some of the things you desire, uh, God's giving you those dreams and God is giving you those desires. Where do you think they come from? 
when you keep on feeling this impulse and involves God somehow and, it, and God's messing with your heart. He's trying to get your appetite up and he's trying to allow you to see the image of yourself in him doing things he wants you to do for him and things that you were called to be and experience when it comes to finances when it comes to talent and skill and ability, when it comes to servanthood, when it comes to making a difference in the world, you are the one, say, I am the one that God has called and God has chosen. But it's up to me. It's up to you to experience it. It's up to you to say, yes, Lord. It's up to you to say, okay, God, I'll walk with you. I'll talk with you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's the challenge. But it's all in Him. It's all in Him. God is able because He's already performed the greatest miracle in your life. The greatest miracle that you could ever have done in your life was a changed heart. That was the greatest miracle. If you're waiting for a great miracle, it's already been done in your life. And it should validate every other thing that happens to you. Having a changed heart is something only God can do. It's something only God can do. Can anyone testify this Sunday morning and at least, at least remember when you had your own mindset, your own will, or when someone you loved was living for God or didn't love God or wasn't interested in serving God, then one day God touched them. Then one day, everything you were trying to do and convey to them, God ended up doing it by touching them with love, and it changed their thinking, and life became easier for you. How many of you can testify and know that God's done that for you and your family? Raise your hands. It's a miracle. Someone say, it's a miracle. It's a powerful thing. I'm telling you. The greatest miracle in this world is God changing a life. To me, that answers all of my questions concerning, is God able? <laughs> I know God's able. <laughs> I've, I've had somebody tell me this one time. <laughs> Bobby, if God saved you, he can save anybody. <laughs> Have you ever said that about somebody yourself? God save them. There's hope in this world for anybody. How many of you had that said about you? Raise your hand. <laughs> Water to wine, no problem. Parting the Dead Sea, no problem. Changing in the heart, it's up to them. Ah, that's the challenge. It's up to them. It's up to you. So we've all been saved, right? If you haven't been saved, today would be a great day to give your life to the Lord, for sure. That, that's for sure. That's for sure. But to those of us who have lived and do believe and feel like we've, you know, are, we're good with, with our Father, we still have limits. There's still so much more to experience. There's still so much more that God has. Um, there are people who still can't believe that you're not who you used to be. There are things 
that have changed your life that will never be the same. That's the way it should be. You don't do what you used to do. You don't talk like you used to talk. You don't act like you used to act. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. And now you have different desires. Now you have different motives. And now you have a bright future. And now you have no past. But sadly, that's as far as most of, as, as most of us will go because the boundaries. Someone say, God is able. But it's up to us. He will not move beyond us concerning his will and desire for you. He cannot move beyond our mentality. God can't move beyond our words, our perception, how we see things. God will not move beyond how we feel. And when we give in to those feelings, if we choose that route, then that's the route that you take. God requires faith. God requires love. God requires the words of your mouth to comply with the words of his mouth. The things that he has said, the things that have been written, the things that have been conveyed to us throughout the centuries to help us understand what the fullness and the breadth, the length, the height, and the width of God's love he wants us to know exactly what that is towards us. And the Apostle Paul tried writing that to the Ephesian church and tried telling them, I pray that you get a deeper understanding of everything that's been done, everything that God has done. Can, can, I, can I just tell you, and I, can I just say this to myself, and, and just dare say that God just didn't save us to come to church on Sundays God didn't just save us so we can tell somebody we went to church. God didn't just save us. I'm going to go a step further. God didn't just save us just so our family could be saved only. God didn't just save us so we could have nice jobs and a nice income. That was, I lost the rest of you. I don't know what happened. I got one amen over here and one oh me over here. God didn't just save us so we can be blessed only. That's the truth, right? Well, if you were preaching today, what would you say? What would you agree on with me? That God called you for more? God called you for more. God called you because he saw your potential. In 2019, now, quite honestly, dates and months and times, all of that has been established by man, but today's the day the Lord has made, and we have to choose to rejoice and be glad in this day. So today, you have to decide that in your mind, things are going to be different. Things are going to be different. God is able. God is able. His sermons that he preached are still being preached today. God is able. He was an influence in the world that went into the ground, died, and was risen again after three days. And there's never been a man 
or woman able to do that and preach to his disciples and pour his spirit out into the world and his message still be conveyed today by demonstration of power and healing. Have you ever been healed by God? Come on, somebody. Have you ever been healed by God? Have you ever been healed by God? Have you ever been touched by the Lord? Have you ever had your desires satisfied? He's alive. He's alive and he's here. Hey, he's alive and he's here. And more than that, he's willing. He opened up blind eyes. He raised the dead back to life. He walked on water. He rose again from the grave. Then he said, I want to live in them. All of those things that he did and performed in this world was to validate, was to help you recognize that greater is he inside of you than anything that you face in this world because the same spirit that was in Christ is in you. Come on, say it. Say, he's in me. Say, he's in me. Oh, man, just that right there. That right there. Can you, if you get a revelation, a clear understanding of what you have and who's got you, maybe it's because we've got him, but he doesn't have us. In 2019, I want him to have me. I want him to have me. I want him to, like Paul said, move and flow and have my being. I found out that God can do so much more for me than I can do for myself. I found out that favor is unfair. I have found out that favor doesn't care about your credit. I've realized that favor doesn't care who your mom and daddy was and your grandpa and grandpa. Favor doesn't, favor doesn't care what your name is. Favor also doesn't care who likes you or dislikes you. Favor walks around like this around haters. What? I can't hear what you're saying because I'm too busy listening to favor. What? So sorry. I can't hear all those negative words. I am too busy hearing the word of the Lord. Right? All religious, the word of the Lord. That was kind of weird because I couldn't hear what I was saying, but I would know I was saying something. That's because you have to have selective hearing. You have to have selective hearing. Here's the message for today. Here's the message. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 and 29 and 30. The Apostle Paul had so many books to write. The Apostle Paul had so many cities, towns to go to. The Apostle Paul saw himself preaching the gospel. The Apostle Paul had an image in his mind of Christ. When he met him on the road to Damascus, he heard the voice of Jesus and no one else heard it. He had visions, he had dreams. And guess what? He saw them all come to pass. But this is why the Bible that you cherish, the Bible that you depend on, the Bible that you and I read was written by a man who persecuted the church in the New Testament. And that man wrote more books in the New Testament than any other disciple that was with Jesus. He wasn't with the Lord. 
he persecuted the church. The apostle Paul, whose name was Saul at first, had his name changed by an experience that God gave him. He was, in other words, in, in other words, he was no better than you and I. In fact, he was worse than you and I. He was a murderer. He was a persecutor. He was super sharp in religion, in the old ways. But then God grabbed a hold of his heart. But then God grabbed a hold of his life. And he allowed the Lord to submit him, if you will. And then he writes, for in him we live, we move, and have our being. Also, as also some of your own poets have said, for we also are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold and silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devices. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. In other words, there is no excuse now. God says, I need everyone everywhere to get a different perspective of who I am. I'm not a religious figure, in other words. God is saying, I'm not a religious figure. You can't treat me like silver and gold and wood. Listen, folks, I have to be honest with you. In a predominantly... Um, hmm, in the culture we live in here, with certain denominations, you and I, predominantly, especially in the Latino culture, were raised in a church where our self-righteousness was established by kneeling down to a structure or an idol. I'm trying to be very professional about this. I was raised... I could count and pray with beads faster than any of you. I can shoot, bead, I can shoot them bead prayers out faster than a BB gun. You know what I'm talking about. And I was very religious. Because in my mind, I had no devotion. I had no commitment except I made sure I was in church every single Sunday. Then after that, I did what I was supposed to do. And I felt like a good man. But God never was in it. God was only in what I fully surrendered to him throughout the week and I didn't understand it so as long as my family was sitting in church together as long as my family was sitting in church together then in our minds and here's what religion can do to you and you can also be a spirit-filled Christian and go back to being religious I have to tell the truth and I have to tell you that even back then I was the son of a nightclub owner. And we were involved with a lot of things that I'm not proud of. And I have to share my testimony with you and tell you that, that quite honestly, I don't know what and how we're, I'm even here today. Because we were involved with drugs. There's a lot of, in that kind of, that's why I don't go to those atmospheres anymore. Because I'm just not that kind of person. Because I know what it is behind the scenes. We used to sell them drugs in order for them to perform better. 
I used to do things that I'm not proud of at the age of 15 years old. But as long as my family sat together in church, in the eyes of everyone else, in the eyes of ourselves, we were good people anyways. But then God grabbed a hold of my heart one day, and I realized just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Love me or hate me, I don't care. I'm doing what God told me to do. I sleep good at night. How about you? What I'm telling you is in 2019, the mentality has to change if you're going to see big change in your life. The fullness of God's blessings. You come to the house of God because you are the house of God. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we congregate and we come together because we are corporately coming together. And Jesus said, don't avoid coming together. Don't miss those moments of corporate worship. To worship, to get instruction, to hear the word of God. But more than that, to worship him. Why do we even come to church? Hold on a second. The question you should ask is, do you know that you're the church? You don't come to church. You bring church to the house. You, you, you bring church to this building. Lord willing, the next couple of years, we're going to be out of this building. Then, then, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, boy, there was a, I'm so glad you guys got it. The landlord told us, I'm so glad you guys got it when you did. Right before you, we were going to just rent it out to a nightclub. Then we moved in and started having church and filling the parking lot out. Then our neighbors wished there was a nightclub, I'm sure. <laughs> but when we move out, I don't know who's going to get the building. But if a nightclub gets it, they're going to wish we were back. <laughs> Can't win for losing, right? Can't please everybody. But I love what God has done in this location. I, I, God told us this was it. A couple in the church, they found this location. They called me. They said, this is, we feel like God has this. I agreed. I think I feel like this is it. And we weren't concerned about what it looked like on the outside. And we knew people would say, oh, that's that church in the warehouse. And we knew we'd say throughout the years, we knew it, that people would say, oh my God, they can't even build a church. They've been here for how long? We've been waiting on God the entire time because he told us to wait. We're not worried about what people think. But to us, to you and I, this is the house of God. Right? Because it's up here. This is God's house. God's house is where you make it. That's why when people come, I'm going to get preaching on you, but that's why when people come into your house, that's God's people's house. I'm telling you, it's sacred ground. God's people live there. That's why you don't, have, you don't have to put up with any of hell's bullying in your family and in your children. You have got to walk in authority in your home and simply declare that this is the house of God. Angels tread in this place. The anointing flows in this house. My prayers are answered in this home. My blood from my heavenly Father has been distributed through a royal conception. 
Royalty is here. Wherever you go, you are the church. And so point number one, in order to see something change, you have to change your thinking. Start seeing things the way God sees them. Start hearing things the way God hears them. I have nothing, listen, for what it's worth, I am, thank God for this as well, I am not one of those pastors who goes, scours Facebook and says, hmm, I wonder what they're doing today. Some preachers have this Facebook ministry where they keep up with everybody, I guess, you know. Hmm, very interesting. Right? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> well, I was just praying and I felt <laughs> I use I, I like Facebook for marketing and stuff like that, but uh, trust me, I'm not keeping up with your life. I'm not. The Holy Ghost does that for me. You know, really, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but, but that's, why, that's why I love, I love the fact that we can come to church. I don't know what you've been doing throughout the week, but I've been praying when I step up here and something comes out of my mouth. Some of you are getting answers right now because the Spirit, the gifts are moving. God is speaking. You know, prophecy is still moving. Things are still happening. But the mentality that's going to help you change is to realize that God is everywhere. God sees everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what you're fixing to face this week. He knows all the good challenges. But what's going to change for you? What's going to change for you? Do you want to see something different? Do you want to see yourself? Listen, you were born. You were born. I'm talking to everyone individually. You were all born with a specific purpose and a specific calling and specific gifts and influences. And God wants you to be the best you that you can be. And the only way you can be the best you is to have the best of Him. The best of Him. And to allow Him in to your thinking. Here's what I want to tell you. There isn't enough room in your mind for worry and faith to dwell in the same place. There isn't enough room for worry and fear and to dwell with faith and love. You're going to have to choose what's going to abide there. We must decide which one is we're going to allow to, be, to inhabit our minds. Is it going to be faith or is it going to be fear? Is it going to be love or is it going to be jealousy? What is it going to be? Because both of them can't be there. Both of them can't be there. The scripture says you can't serve God and mammon. Either you will love one and hate the other. So that's why I've determined in my mind, everything I do is connected to the Lord and connected to the kingdom. It's all for him. It's all for him. Did you know that your job was meant to bring God glory? To bring God, listen, do you know that God wants you to shine on your job? He wants you to be promoted on your job. But 
until you start seeing yourself in a new position, in a new place, being blessed by God, it is never going to happen. I, I, I want to share this with you. The first place we lose the battle is in our thinking if we ever lose it. It's right here. If you think it's permanent, then it is. If you think you've reached your limit, then you have. If you think you'll never get well, then you won't. Change your thinking and then change your life. Let me rephrase that. Change your thinking then your life will change. I had a businessman tell me um, last week, I think it was last week, the week before. Yeah. He told me, he said, you know, Pastor Bobby, he said, before I do anything, when I feel like God wants to take me to a new level, I take a small act of faith and I do something that will connect me to that, my future. If I feel like God wants to bless me, then I prepare for the blessing. If I feel like God wants to extend my business or start a business, then I buy a piece of equipment or something that represents that future. And I step out by faith. He said, I, I told my wife one day, he said, I told my wife one day, we're going to start, don't, don't climb up on me now, but this is a businessman. I'm going to start tithing double because I feel like God is fixing to bless me. And he did. And he told me his income doubled. Like that. He said, I like that. That's awesome. Why not? I didn't have nothing when God found me. Here you go, Lord. Right? When I die, I can't take anything with me. Here you go, God. It's all up to you. You're going to take care of it. Challenge God. Some of you need to test God. You know, Malachi 3 and 10 says, test me and see that I will not open up the windows of heaven for you. Put God to the test. I've been in a contest with God ever since I got saved, and I've not been able to beat him yet. I'm a loser. That's all right. I would rather lose to God, right, than lose to the devil. But I'm, I'm a loser for God. That means I've lost it. I, I've given up my right to say, hey, this is my life and my life alone. Here's, here's where most of us live. Are you ready? Here's where most of us live. We live right here. That's where most of us live. We live in anger, we live in sadness, and frustration, fear, and negativity. You see, when you're constantly, when you're constantly battling emotions and you're thinking, that means that when there's anger, that means that you lack your own forgiveness. When you're angry all the time, that means that you're living in, in a place where you forgot about the mercy of God. What provokes us? We live in anger most of the time because of frustration. You know what frustration is a, it's a product of? Frustration is a product of no productivity. 
unfruitfulness. When you get no results, you become frustrated. That's what frustration is. Frustration is when you keep living life with no results. And when you gain a little, sometimes you sit, it feels like you've lost a little. This is where people live in their mind. So what does it cause them to say? When they're angry, they're saying things like, I hate this. And even to the place where if they've been dependent on God for everything and something bad happens, they automatically in their mind begin to blame God. Have you ever blamed God before? I have. God, I can't believe, I can't, I can't believe you allowed this to happen. Why would you allow people to see me fall and fail? And uh, why would you, why, you, you didn't come through, you didn't, you didn't, I'm, I'm, my bills aren't paid, I, I'm going to lose, why God? Why God, what? It wasn't God's fault. You never were on a budget. We start praying when things start getting bad. Hold on a second. We're supposed to pray when things are good. So when things do happen, then you know what, God? I will bless you at all times, and your praise is going to always be in my mouth. God is good, and he's good all the time. This ain't going to get me down. This is just temporary. It shall come to pass. Nothing's forever but God. God is able. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know that I can make it through this because God got me through my sin. He changed me. I know he can change my circumstance. The greatest miracle that I ever needed to see was God changed my life. To give me enough faith to know that God can change this problem. Nothing for him. Nothing for him. Say God is able. Say, God is able. You see, beware of the words that come out of your mouth from your thinking. Because you'll only confess the negative just to keep you in the same place. Negative. Well, somebody says to you, again, the sun is so sh is shining today. The sun, it's, so, it's such a beautiful day. Yeah, but did you check the weather? It's going to rain tomorrow. Oh, don't worry. You're in Texas. It'll change. <laughs> That's so many times, right? Enjoy the day, man. Enjoy the moment. Oh, I'm going to cancel this and cancel that. We're not going to do that. Did you hear? 40, 30% chance of rain. Let's just not do anything. Hold on a second. Let's take a chance. God is good. I would rather fail when I'm trying than fail before I ever tried anything and regret it. Take a chance. See the good. Know that God is able. If God changed you, he can change everything else. Don't worry about the fear factor. Start replacing fear with faith. Stop seeing the devil in everything. Start seeing God in everything. Oh, I remember when I was little, I used to, I used to be scared of the dark. Ooh, I don't know what, I, I, quite honestly, I don't know too many boys 
that were scared of the dark. I know some of you men are probably still scared of the dark, but I'm not going to say nothing. Oh, it's a, it's a truth. I'm going to confess. Are you ready? I'm going to confess. I was scared of the dark up to the age of 19. 19 years old. Maybe 20, okay? Don't judge. I grew up, and again, my family owned a nightclub, and they had to make me, they'd make me go across the entire building, and the panel, the light panel, was on the other side of the building, and the door to get out that everyone parked at was on the other side. And they'd say, Bobby, go shut the lights off. Well, give me a light. No, stop being a little girl. <laughs> My brothers were tough on me, man. Go shut the lights off. Hurry up. We got to go. Oh, man. I'd run over there, and I'd shut them off. And I knew this path. I had this certain path. So I'd walk around one side of the building, and I'd walk real slow. I wait, and I can see the image of the chairs, and I take off real quick. Then I had a clear open. I had a clear runway. I would run so fast. What was? Here's where I got it, the fear coming into my life. My brothers used to set me up and scare me before I got there. And, well, don't feel bad for me. It was fun too. I mean, you know, it was, it was a game, but I still was fearful. It marked me, man. And so, and so, listen. When I got saved, when God saved me. I wanted to go to the church so bad to pray. I, I was faithful. I asked the pastor if I can go to the church at nighttime to pray when my family went to bed. He said, sure. And, he, and I had served under my pastor for a while, and, you know, I had been, I'd been faithful. And he, he blessed me with the key. And I said, thank you, Lord. I said, I realize not everybody has that privilege. I said, it's an honor, God, and I want to go. And I went, but I'd walk in that church. It was so dark. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, Lord, here it is. got to face it again. I'm going to win this time. I was so scared to pray in the sanctuary because it was so dark. And I thought, man, it's going to be the kukui. <laughs> My family was cold-blooded. I just got to tell you, they taught me that if I didn't... <laughs> If I didn't say nothing, the Yerona was going to get me. Because we were right by the river. La Yerona is going to get you. Ooh, ikukui. So what I would do, I would go into that church, and I would kneel down, close my eyes, and I would make myself pray. And I prayed in the Spirit so loud. I was praying in tongues so loud that I thought to myself, if I can pray loud enough, ain't no devil going to want to come near me. No spirit's going to want to come near me. And I realized nothing was wrong, and it was only my mind. I had to outgrow it because as a child, I had certain thoughts and images in my mind. I had certain imaginations, and that's the key, folks. We think in pictures, and you have images in your mind. Some of you may have images in your mind of living a certain lifestyle. Maybe some of you have images in your mind of being hurt. Maybe some of you have has, has images in your mind 
of, of being maybe, maybe betrayed, lied to, and you can still see the face of that person. And when somebody else comes around, you put that face on that person. And then you become angry. You feel negative. It's never going to work out. You get frustrated because you can't get results out of it. And then you're fearful and you have your guards up all the time. And you're always sad because you're, you can't understand why isn't anything good happening for me. It's your thinking. It's your thinking. What has to change is you have to start having a different image and start living in the love of God. You have to. When you spend more time with God, perfect love, what? Casts out all fear. And I've realized here's a shortcut, folks. This is a shortcut. I've spent years trying to figure this out, growing up and praying, reading my Bible, interacting with people. I spent years trying to figure this out. Then the Lord gave me understanding. He gave me some light in my mind in areas I had no light. And he helped me realize, listen, you are trying way too hard to do this on your own. If you'll just love me, I'll put my love in you and your perspective will change. And you'll start seeing things different. It's that simple. It is that simple. So my responsibility, number one, is to simply fall in love with Jesus with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength. And the second is likened unto it to love my neighbor as myself. But if I don't do the first, I can't do the second. So my focus is to love on God, obey his commandments, and focus on him. And the more time I spend with God, the less trouble I have with people. And, the, and, and I can start seeing things the way God sees them for me. I start seeing things, I start understanding the impossible. So whenever I start experiencing God at that level, by the love of God, I've realized now I know the depths, the height, the width, the breadth. I know, I know how much he loves me because I feel it. That comes through consistency, consistently thinking Every single day, walking in the love of God and desiring what he desires, he puts the desires inside of me. How many of you can relate to this right now? Things change the more time you spend with him. And I realize it's not really quantity more than it is quality. Quality. Quality time. So when you do give him time, give him your undivided attention. Wait on the Lord and start believing that God is able because he loved me. Proverbs 23 and 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, as a person thinks, so are they. That's what they become. And that's what they walk in. And you'll never be able to receive what God has until you start walking in the nature of God. Now, what did Paul say in that scripture? He says, to him who can do what? Exceedingly, right? Abundantly, above all that we can 
ask or what? Think. According to the power. He didn't say the power in him, although it is him, but the power that works in us. So the question is, is it working in you? You want to start seeing it work? Fall in love with him. Start thinking different towards him. Start thinking different towards people. Don't hold a grudge with anybody, folks. Don't hold a grudge with anybody. It's not worth it. Forgive them. It's not worth it. Forgive them. You're only keeping yourself captive, and you're only becoming your own prisoner. I'm coming to a close. Come on, Haley. I know I've gone long, but I'm trying to, I I really want you to get this. Commit that you're going to think better. But if you can't think straight, fall in love with him again. Read the word. Go into prayer. Be consistent. And you're going to start seeing a transformation if you're consistent. You're going to start seeing transformation. And then when you start thinking different, you'll start having the faith. And the last point is this. You'll start having the faith to start asking God size, for asking for God size blessings. Ask the big ask. Point number two. And the last point, start asking for God-sized blessings. You have not because you ask not. And you have got to start asking God, not for the things that you can conceive. Go beyond that. Challenge yourself. Prepare for it. Do something ahead of time to prepare you for it. To walk at this nature, to walk at this level. You want love in your relationship towards people even if they don't like you. Trust me, you're going to want that. It's such a stress reliever. And it's so much healthier. And it's so much healthier to love your enemy. That's why God said, love your enemies, pray for your enemies. Did you know that? Why? You know why he said that? Because... He's more concerned about your well-being than he is somebody else who's holding a grudge or cheats you wrong or does something wrong to you. Let God deal with that. You love them. That means you don't talk about them. That means you don't get angry with them. That means you be friendly with them. That means that you, you know what, you want to know how to, how to really overcome it? Go buy them a gift. you got to hang out all the time it just if you got something inside of you listen there's nobody in this world that is worth losing my blessing over nobody not one thing not even a situation i'm not going to blame god when things don't go well i'm going to thank god when things don't go well because i know it will turn out for my good and god's allowed this to happen for me in my life so i can be a better person not a bitter person a better person, not a bitter person. And I'm going to believe God. I know he loves me so much and wants more for me. I'm doing okay right now. I'm doing good, but I know God wants the best. And I know it's God's will for me to be provided for. I know God wants to bless me. So you know what, God? I'm going to start believing you for a better job. Or God, I'm going to start believing you for a promotion. Or God, I want to start my own business, and I know that you can bless me with that. 
and take the limits off of my life and let you listen if god if i can work for somebody for 40 hours a week and bust my hump i know i can work for myself for that much and more and make more money or god i know that hey it's not impossible how am i going to meet the, the, the investment what am i going to do ask him for it ask him for the investment ask him for the people that take interest life moves at the speed of relationships it is not working yourself up the ladder sometimes it's networking yourself up the ladder that's a good saying right there some of you are trying too hard to work up the ladder when you need to network up the ladder build relationships know the right people love everybody you'll never meet the right person that can bless you and help you get to another level until you start loving everyone. You never know who you run into. I'm telling you the truth. Life moves at the speed of relationships. Who do you think gives you a loan for your house? Who do you think gives you a loan for that car? Who do you think gives you help? Who do you think does that? Listen, God told me, he said, I would make you the lender, not the borrower. The head and not the tail. We're very good at asking for help from other people but we need to learn to go to God first and start asking him for help ask him ask him are you struggling financially ask him for a job a better job you know what you're going to have to do if you're asking God for that what's the job you want I know I'm being practical but I feel like I have to say this right now if you're believing God for a good job and a certain job start studying I don't care if you're, listen, the Latino University is called YouTube. You can learn anything on YouTube, folks. I promise you. What do you want to be? Go get books. Read. Prepare for it. Act like it. Because God's prepared for it. Take a step. So when, you know, opportunity, you think that people have good luck? They don't have good luck. They're blessed because when God opens up a door of opportunity, they're prepared to walk through it. Did you hear what I said? You have to prepare yourself to walk through an opportunity when God presents it to you. And you won't have the faith to walk through if you're holding a grudge. You realize a person that does you wrong can keep you at a stalemate just because you're angry with them, upset with them, and it takes your mind off of your purpose and what you are meant to do, and you spend all your time trying to figure out how you're going to get back at them when God wants to bless you and help you focus in the moment so he can take you above and they can see you blessed and they can see you living at another level. And the same people that saw you fail are the same people that are going to see you succeed. And God will validate you. And God will vindicate you. Because he said, vengeance belongs to me, saith the Lord. Trust me, everybody will have their day and their reward for good and for bad. Just make sure you're on the good side. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live give and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.